I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the Blade Footsie Podcast. It's now 2022. Wow. 2022. Feeling really old, to be honest with you there. Um, today with me, we've got Steve D, Steve W, and me, Briscoe. Um, let's just get straight into it, right? How's your year been, and how's your year been in stocks? Or how's your new year been, and been in stocks? Uh, not much happened this new year just yet. It's still only about the second or whatever day this is going out. But outside of stocks, uh, I managed to go to Scotland for the Christmas break. That was very nice. And on the way up to Scotland... I listen to a lot of podcasts, so a lot of proper ones, not just our ones. And I was thinking about some of the things that they do differently to (laughs) us, because obviously we're looking to kind of build on the podcast for um, next year. And I thought that one of the main things that lots of the proper ones have, not those BBC ones, but the kind of uh, ones that are done by people sort of more privately, I guess, uh, they all have kind of these adverts in that they read out sort of partway through for these products. And because we're still quite a new podcast, we don't have any advertising yet. Uh, but what I thought I would do is, while we're in the process of getting advertising, I would write some adverts of my own and just read them out to make us sound a bit more like a kind of proper uh, podcasting thing. So uh, I've got one to share with you this time. I'll, I'll do more of these in the year unless someone actually tries to sponsor us, and then I'll stop it. But anyway, uh, this week, um, <laughs> our show is not sponsored by, you guessed it, Gusto. Uh, so basically, this is a company that sends you meal kits every week, <laughs> or as often as you want them, and they have everything that you need to make some really, really good meals. Uh, they have all sorts of types of food from all around the world. They're really good value, and you don't end up throwing loads of food away uh, that you've already paid for. Um, so I don't know about you, but often I think to myself, why am I seeing all this fancy food being thrust at me by these fancy chefs? I want a recipe that was designed by basically a PE teacher. Well, if you're like me, then good news, because Gusto has a range of recipes inspired by Joe Wicks that you will absolutely love. And another thing I tend to find is that... (laughs) Shut up! Uh, If I'm doing anything that takes longer than about 10 minutes, my wife starts asking whether or not I'm going to be finished soon. Uh, And this is something that happens to you as well, not with my wife, obviously. Uh, you'll be pleased to find that Gusto has a range of recipes that can be prepared in just 10 minutes because if it takes any longer, then nobody's really interested. Uh, so there you are, Gusto, the company named after my favourite bird, a goose, and my favourite body part, a toe. Link in description, subscribe. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> and I mean, if that, does, if that wow, doesn't, get, if that doesn't well get the advertising, done. I don't know what will. <laughs> someone, someone sign up to this man's Gusto box. Please, someone buy that a Gusto box. That was my box. Christmas, basically. Wow. So, someone else, you mean, Paul. Someone already that was, has. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've had the one. Uh, so, how long did that? How did that bit of copy take you to write? Because that's a it that was, was a good ad read, man. Yeah, it's a pretty long journey, if I'm honest, up to Scotland and back. <laughs> one take as well. Let's remember that, guys. One take. He just he just did that read in one take. That would take me like four hours to to yeah, just read it, like because. Yeah, we, this is why Paul won't be doing that. That was well. That was really Paul, good. Paul's on take seventy. <laughs> <laughs> the Steves have pins in their eyes. <laughs> How are you, Steve? What was wow, that was good. <laughs> God, uh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. We got we <laughs> really good, really good. Um, okay, yeah. Apparently, the question was, "How was your Christmas?" <laughs> oh well, I, I feel like my Christmas was nowhere near as eventful. I organised my spice cupboard, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You must be at peak boredom or organising your uh, spice oh, cupboard. Peak boredom. You've had two weeks yeah. off work and you've peak, gone, Peak oh, boredom was, put, was doing do all now? the DIY what tasks can... as well that needed doing in the house. So peak boredom had finished and I thought, you know what's getting done? The spice cupboard. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a strange time. I really enjoy <laughs> not being at work, but I really find that I don't do anything useful. I am a third of the way through uh, Morgan Housel's Psychology of Money, though, which is a very, very good book and I do highly recommend it off the first third that I've um, I've read. Very sort of practical approach to 
great, great stories, stories yeah, really it? reading, learning yeah. about people who went yeah. on to be millionaires who were janitors, you know, juxtaposed against people who were retired in the hundreds of millions and managed to lose it all in in various crashes and dot-com bubbles and leverage and blah, 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 blah. Really incredible stories and really make you think about, you know, both sides, really. It's, it's just a really interesting book. Yeah, Psychology of Money, um, the, 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 the quote that stands out for me in that one is, enough is enough. So yeah. you, everyone seems to be trying to tell me which is the best, um, which, which method of investing is going to get me the most money when I'm 90. And to me, I think it's just, well, let's get the best one that's going to get me to retirement at a certain age and, and enough is enough. I don't need to... Uh, like I don't, I don't need to. Let's say gain twenty five percent on a pension, which is one of the things which people say to me. They're like, okay, well, if you have your pension, you can get more money at seventy, and you can take your money at sixty five. And but with an ISA, maybe I can get enough money at fifty five, and that's that's kind of the game for me. Um, that it's it's. I mean, there's a lot of theories on that, but yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, psychology of money sort of really stood out to me is that is that catchphrase. Enough is enough, and um. The, yeah, the bit on compounding book. was really interesting as well, though, with, with Buffett. They oh, said that if absolutely. Buffett had lived, had lived a normal life and not started investing at 10 or whenever it was and started investing on his 29th birthday and retired at a normal age, he would only have 1% of the wealth today, but he would still have enough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane. It makes, us, it makes you think, oh, maybe starting at 35 isn't so bad, um, I guess. Mm. But yeah, and my Christmas was... What's the highlight of my Christmas? I ate a bit too much because I'm trying to lose weight at the minute. But um, I, I injected my kid into the metaverse. Well, I did actually <laughs> inject my kid. He had the flu jab or he had one of his jabs. But um, he also injected him into the metaverse. Anybody on Instagram that might have seen um, at Briscoe underscore photo um, was my kid playing the drums on the Oculus. And oh it's a it's a really really good product it's a really good product um i just maybe it's we had the discussion on the um discord the other day about whether it's a, a profitable product for facebook or meta but oh, it's a really good product and i cannot believe how quickly my three-year-old picked that up and how much he did not want to come out into the real world <laughs> that was the other thing i was like try he's kicking and screaming i dragged him kicking and screaming back into reality literally <laughs> so um interesting product um oculus and uh, meta a lot of people there's a lot of facebook and meta fans out there i think a lot of people invested so i can tell you that product is a plus absolutely a plus but uh, yeah, other than that, um, stocks going pretty well. I thought I was going to touch forty-one thousand today, but AT and T decided to stick its middle finger up at me just at the last minute. So I'm still not quite putting putting that over the edge. Um, how's you, how are you doing? Have you recovered at all from the from the horribleness, or is it all pretty fl pretty much flat for you? Or what? I've recovered somewhat, um, but it's. Um... It's still been a pretty poor year for me. I've uh, I've got a little rundown of it when we we talk about our own performances over the year, but uh, I I didn't realize it. Um, I, I haven't realized it until I actually look back at it. But my portfolio has gone through three corrections this year, um, which has obviously meant that it's uh, it's not going to beat the S and P. There's the spoiler, um, but it's uh, it's strange when you actually see it in front of you. And you think, God, I don't I didn't think it was that bad. Um, but I'm still going to finish positive, which I think is kind of crazy when you think about, you know, the, the three corrections. One, one of them was a, uh, it's probably defined as a crash, isn't it? Twenty percent is a crash. So, um, yeah. So like yeah, I've had a, I've had a crazy right? year, really. Wow. Wow. That is pretty mental. That is pretty mental. Did you did you buy the dip? That's the important thing. Did you buy well, that? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> um, I'm sure I tried to. I have a, I have a note I on my wall. I don't know. No, I have well, a note on my wall. No, I don't. Okay. It's just like, I always think about maximum allocation in my head. It's like trying to sleep well at night. So I have a maximum allocation. But then I also have another note underneath it that says, if you're not buying it, why are you holding it? And this sort of the juxtaposition mm. of mm -hmm. those two things when you're looking at something like Teladoc, which my maximum position is about... I was hoping to be about 1500 quid or something like that on it. Uh, at the moment, 
it's about 1400 quid but that's because i've lost 45 percent of it so <laughs> do you know what i mean the juxtaposition of those two statements is like well if you're not buying it while you're holding it and two your maximum allocation is you've still got a little bit of room left there's obviously uh, uh, the that's a fair fight. risk that's a fair risk attitude right that's a fair hmm. risk you've created an attitude to risk there and is there other opportunities in your portfolio that you could be buying and maybe over that one? Because that's how I justify it. Because I look at some stocks like like AT&T, 14% down, my worst performing stock right now. And I'm kind of like, oh, I should be buying it here. I, I liked it at 28. I liked it at 27. Why am I not buying it here at 22, 23? And um, it's because it's make, already making up 4% of my portfolio. And who wants 4% of their portfolio as, as AT&T, really? Um, Not even John So it, it's an attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It's an attitude to risk, really. It's a, that's, that's really, really important. So, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I get you. I get you. It's, it's, a, it's a weird uh, push and pull. But I think it's healthy attitude to risk. And I think that's the important part of investing don't lose too much or in your case 65 percent is too much i'm guessing now. <laughs> don't, don't, don't overdo it all right so what we've got today um i haven't got the list in front of me yeah. uh, we have uh we want to talk about a little bit of podcast because uh, lots of things are changing with the podcast we've got steve d doing a very uh interesting game which we can't really work out what's going on there and then we to this week we want to talk about a little bit about our portfolios, which we've probably already just covered there. And uh, we're going to do a couple of predictions for 2022. And when I say predictions, we're not just going to sit on the fence. I think we're going to go really hardcore and, and uh, say some say some pretty, pretty controversial stuff that's going to get us into trouble next year, probably. And uh, things we're looking forward to in 22, uh, because there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to. Well... There's not many things I'm looking forward to, but uh, the, I, I am looking forward to a couple of things which I think are going to be really important in the investment world that are going to be really, really important to my portfolio. So, uh, podcast. Let's talk about uh, this podcast. Uh, we're going to go over it very, very quickly, but we've got a new provider now. Uh, Steve D, take it away because you've got more info on this. Yeah, so we've moved from um, Podbean who was our original provider, just over to Anchor. And the main benefit of that is that it's owned by Spotify, so they give us it for free. It also means that we get a lot more access to a lot of Spotify's tools. So it gives us the option to live stream on Spotify. It'll give us the option to um, release the podcast as a video on Spotify when that when that um, feature comes out of um, beta. And it also gives us um, the ability to ask you guys questions. Um, we can build a little community on there, and we can uh, poll you and things like that as well. So... Just in the description of the podcast, if you uh, check it out, often there'll be a question there, like on the Christmas one, I asked you what you had for Christmas dinner, and the answer was turkey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just things like that, really. It's just so keep an eye out for things like that and uh, and just get involved, really. That's that's uh, that's all we're asking. Awesome stuff, yeah. And um, uh, instead of gooseberry boxes, what was the plan? We we're trying to we've got to raise about three hundred pound, haven't we, to to keep the podcast going? So. Um, Oh, there's the merch site that you've created some merch and I think there was something else. But yeah, com. It's had another revamp um, because I've, it was very lazily slapped together and we've had a bit of time uh, over this December. So we've we've revamped that as well. So that looks a little bit nicer and it's got a few new bits and bobs on there. So um, check it out, com. And um, yeah, if you've uh, not subscribed to us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube because we're getting closer and closer to that thousand uh, subscriber amount mm. that we need for monetization. That would be very, very helpful indeed. <laughs> yeah, monetize, monetize, monetize. Really, monetize for us though is just trying to get by. Yeah, <laughs> just, you know, our recording equipment costs a lot of money. And we're just trying to trying to keep all the, keep the podcast going and things like that. But thank you very much for to everyone who's listened this year. Oh, it's been it's been a lot of fun for us. This is a great little outlet for us to just come on every couple of nights, every Sunday morning, and just kind of let our own thing go and uh, if any if no one's listening then we'd probably still be doing it to be honest with you. in fact no one is listening so we're, we're just doing this as us as three uh just chatting every every sort of week or so just but me, just we are going to play a game 300 each 
yeah, so uh, this week we're going to go for uh, Steve D game, and I'm pretty scared about this game now. It's a very, it's so a very easy game. Um, uh, I've called the game REIT or not REIT. Um, so basically, I'm going to give you a list of companies, huh. and um, I've got Paul going first. All, all I want Paul to tell me is the okay. ticker. Now, it's a game of bluff, Paul, so you, Steve has to guess whether the ticker you have provided is REIT or whether it's not REIT. So, uh, a little game of poker for you. I know we have some uh, poker fans in the Discord, and that's where the, the idea behind the game came from. So, you know, you could either... <laughs> Uh, be very unconfident and give the wrong ticker or you could be very confident and give the wrong ticker there's lots of ways to play this game it'd be interesting to see unfortunately Steve can't see your face because uh, I believe your camera's died uh, that makes it a little bit trickier um, but um, it'd be very interesting so do you want to give us a number between 1 and 10 Paul and we'll kick off Hmm. sounds a lot like um, bitcoin or shitcoin uh, to be honest with you but uh, alright <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, this is not going to go well. Okay, uh, <laughs> number seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven is uh, the REIT Equity Residential. So, Paul, you've got to give us the uh, ticker. And Steve, you've got to tell us whether it's REIT or whether it's not REIT. Ah. I know what hmm. this one is. I, I see. I was sitting there going, I'm not going to know any of these tickers. And I just went, um, <clears throat> right. Doesn't so, matter. Yeah, no, I'm trying to trying to make it look now if like I like I either I'm going to give you the right one or not right not the right one. So this one I'm pretty sure is EQR. So I'm gonna say EQR. Mm. Steve, is that REIT or is it not REIT? So the thing I am most confident in, uh based on experience of I think we had Damien on the podcast, is that Paul does not know the ticker of anything. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So the question is whether this random ticker he's just said happens to be the one for Equity Residential. <laughs> um, and Equity Residential is a REIT that I refuse to look at at the moment on point of principle um, because this is one of the things I systematically mishandled during uh, the last year or even perhaps a bit longer than that. So I sold part of my holdings in EQR, let's call it, um, just before it was first announced that Pfizer had developed a vaccine, at which point the news that everyone was leaving the cities disappeared, and the news that everyone was going back to work reappeared, uh, the stock shot up, and then I sold the rest of it anyway. Um, so I think this is EQR, by the way. I think Paul has <laughs> uh, knowledgeably or otherwise said the right ticker. So you think Paul is REIT? Yes. <laughs> oh, hey. Paul is... That is a point ah, to Steve because remember you've got a bluff by the way, off the getting the wrong answer. By the way, that is a sector that I played awesomely this year. Thank you very much with uh, Avalon Bay Communities, and I think I'm about mm-hmm. I must be about sixty percent up on them. And Equity was one. I didn't know for sure it was EQR, but <laughs> I'm pretty I sure did. it was. That was <laughs> that was another one I was looking at. That was another one I was looking at. Number one, you ready, Steve? Two, Two is Giant Reet American Tower. Hmm. Hmm. American Tower, huh? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Anime I grunting. I do know what this ticker is. So uh, do I. So do I. I'm so pretty sure Paul knows what it is, you too. Can't, yeah, you so can't win on this one. let's try on this one. Uh, it's really annoying because we keep talking about it in the Discord by its ticker I think as well which doesn't help me very much in this game <laughs> uh, but let's say it's it's a bit like AMD advanced medical devices but it's not AMD it's AMT in fact see how you go about that Paul oh, I, I've, you know what you've just done a mind shift on me because I was like yeah it's definitely AMT and then you find it's AMT I'm going to agree with him so you think Steve's reads <laughs> that is. I think Steve's reet. Correct. Point. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, he played a he played a mind game there, and I was like, "Whoa, is it actually?" Now he's giving oh me God. the real thing. I, I know we both know what ticket that is. <laughs> <laughs> what else am I going to do? <laughs> uh, number one. Number. Think, number please one. be real. Number one is 
Necrologis. Oh, uh, this is. Uh, I don't know this one. I I know roughly what it is, but I don't know the actual. The, I I don't know the actual. It's four. It's four letters, and I can't remember how it goes. P R L G, P R L G. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think at home, listeners? Because I don't think any of what Paul said is true. Is it not? I think it's three letters. Is it <laughs> I not? think it's PLD. So I'm going to go with the idea oh, that Paul is. Geez, this yeah. is an Oscar winning performance, though, from Paul. I think it's PLD. Uh, <laughs> so I think Paul is not Reese. Steve, you are correct. Paul is not Reese. It is PLD. Um, probably I obviously got that reads. completely wrong. Um, <laughs> big box. What an awesome bluff. Big, big box, big box, <laughs> big box retailer in uh, big, well, big box warehouse sort of storage all over the uh, all over the world. Very, very good REIT. Very, very expensive REIT. Uh, next number, please. Mm, now I have a problem because I was very confident about the REIT that he was talking about, but I did not listen to what number he said. Let's try number ten. <laughs> number ten. This one, you're onto a hide in here. Is Segro? Oh. <laughs> oh, See, I don't even know that one. <laughs> Paul, don't you own Segra? I thought from. Yes, yeah, of course you own Segra. I don't. This was definitely designed to be the other way around. Okay, so pre- let's try. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You, Go on, Paul. T- t- you tell me what it. you know about Segra, and then we'll. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> oh, right. You you tried to try to butter it up. Um. <laughs> The research didn't extend to the ticker. I'll be honest. No, I went, when Steve said I was on a hiding, I thought the re- he was going to say was stag, in which case I'd have been in all sorts of bother. <laughs> but um, let's try... It has a ticker symbol, SGR.L, because it's a UK-based FTSE listed thing. Oh, thingy. very, very fun. But no, it's not. It's not that. No, I know it's, it's not. It's... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going to put myself out there now, but I'm pretty sure it's SGRO. But... Yeah, that's correct. It is SGRO. Well done, Paul. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, number two. Number two has been taken. And number three. Number three is um, sort of biotech and lab, a little bit of office Alexandria oh, Real Estate. Uh I know what that is, and it is AVB. Oh. That's got me out of trouble then. Because I do not know what this is, but I know that AVB ah, is Avalon Buck. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, A-R-E. I was... It's A-R-E. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to say A-R-E, because that's what <laughs> I thought it was. But no, I think it's, it's not Reek with AVB. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I was trying to throw mm. something weird out there. <laughs> okay, we've got the tricky uh, ones left. There's a couple out. of easy ones and a couple of tricky ones. Okay. Find me Avalon Bay. Number five. Is that the right <laughs> Number <one>? five <laughs> is uh, Well Tower. Mm. Oh. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, Well Tower. So that was on the... I th- I think it was Bank of America that I was looking at for their picks for 2022 for the uh, they were giving sector picks. I think Well Tower was it was somebody's. I think it was B of A's, but I think the ticker symbol for them is just Well W-E-L-L. Uh, uh, well, I was just hoping you weren't going to say that because that's what I think it is. But now I'm scared. It's Wells Fargo, and I think it's not. So I'm going to say. He is Reet. Steve is Reet. It is W-E-L-L. Well done, fellas. The pressure. The pressure gets to you right at the end. It gets to you when you've got to make that decision in this game. I didn't honestly know that one. I thought it was that. But it definitely wasn't Wells Fargo. That's WFC. Yeah. I I don't know Wells Fargo, so that's the the game. Uh, Number eight. Yeah, eight is available. Eight, I think, is probably the second trickiest on the list, and it's Ventus. Much rather be Paul than me here. 
another healthcare route, isn't oh. it? Just... And it is something like it's not. It's not what you think it is. It is something like UHN. Pre- no, it is. Okay. No, no, it's not. Okay. Yeah, UHN. UHN. <laughs> nice. I like that. Um, okay. Well, so Paul is on the money here in that that is not what I think it is. <laughs> I don't really have much of a clue of what I think it is. No, you don't have to guess what you think it is. No. I'm just trying to really throw the scent. Yeah, uh, UNH is United Health, not no. UHN. But I, I'm going to go with that's not REIT. I don't know what I think it is, but you no. are correct. It is it's not It's going to just be VEN, isn't it? It's VTRs and Ventus no, go should have been more creative. I was going to go VNCS. Should have been more creative, um, shouldn't I? Oh dear. Uh, right, numbers that are left. Uh, nine. Nine is the trickiest of the bunch. Ooh. Oh yeah, here we go. It is French. <laughs> Real French. Giant, it might be Bel- It might actually be a Belgium giant real estate. European giant real estate. Clepier. Ooh. Clepier. Mm. No idea. Excellent. So, <laughs> that's that's his best bluff face. <laughs> he's like, excellent. I've got no idea what this means. Steve's, Steve's got his turned his deck around. He's got two twos, a three, and a four. Excellent hand. <laughs> I have, I have never heard of this particular race. <laughs> this Franco-Belgian it's, thing. It is French. Um, what did you it's say? French, it and it's a, a very large um, shopping mall <laughs> in Europe. Okay, so Klepia, I'm, uh, entirely honestly, Paul, I have no idea whether that starts with a C or a K. So let's try this. Uh, um, it's tr- it is, um, the ticker symbol is KLPR dot PA. I don't French really care exchange. about the dot PA bit, but I'll take the KLPR. Yeah. I do. It's either, either this is oh, an amazing, with... either this is an amazing ruse by you two, or... You are not Reed. You are correct, Paul. He's not Reed. <laughs> it's one of those really random tickets. I don't know what it is. L I, which makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, oh, it does begin with a oh, K. Oh, so you made it. You made it just ridiculously hard. Find a stock <laughs> that neither of us know, and then make it nothing like the well, actual stock. I thought it'd be like European giant Reed. I thought maybe one of you would have stumbled across it and just gone L I, because who the hell would have guessed oh, that? Oh yeah, like yeah, you are right. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. it's a sort of memorable. So I guess here's the problem with European REITs. The problem with those is that you're mainly going to try and make your money through dividend payouts, and then you're going to get taxed quite hard on them coming off of uh, sort of Europe and the higher dividend tax. I'm not sure if that applies from France or not, but that's one of the main reasons I'd stay away from European REITs in this country. It's why, why I stay away from a lot of German uh, dividend payers, to be honest with you. It's quite hard to, yeah, it's hard, quite hard to take that 15% off them. Uh, right, I don't know what the last number is. Number four? Four is one of them. Yeah. And um, it is oh dear. Uh, Crown Castle. Oh, God. Ooh. What's the full name of Crown Castle? Crown Castle. Is it just Is it just Crown Castle? Uh, I believe so. I'll just check for you. I'm pretty certain it is. Uh, it is just Crown Castle Real Estate Investment Trust. Real estate. I'm going to massively yeah. guess that it's C-A-S. Okay. Uh, that is not REITs, but I'm not sure what is. I think it might be CCI. Steve, you are correct. It is not REIT, and it is Ooh. CCI. Which is why I was surprised it wasn't Crown Castle International, and I really wanted you to tell me it was called Crown Castle International I, to confirm I was, that was an I at the end for yeah, me. Yeah, I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if you give me a last... A last word. I would have just put CTI. I would have done it. I was so, waiting for you to. I was wait. I thought you were going to give me real estate, so it was CCR. That's what I thought you were going to give me. So we've got one number left, Steve. Do you know what it is? It's either one or six. I think it's, it's one. Um, it's not um, one. <laughs> Even I knew that. Even I knew that. So this is for the win. If you can bluff Paul out of this one. It is uh, Giant Ooh. Self Storage REIT Public Storage. We need some Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music. Mm. 
Public storage. Self-storage REITs. I've never really seen the attraction of these self-storage REITs. I sort of view them a bit like kind of university accommodation REITs. I'm not particularly enamoured with the the industry, I guess you call it, rather than sector. Uh, public storage. Hmm. That is... <laughs> has a ticker symbol. P.S. I like it. Mm. No, I think you are not, Reet. I think that's too dumb. It's probably a good guess that I'm not, Reet. Yeah. We have a draw, which is worrying, because I've realised we don't have a tiebreaker. Um, it is actually PSA <laughs> for public storage. Oh, it's close. Um, so you were very, very, very close. close. But we'll, we'll, we'll declare you both the winner. Um, oh, you did quite well in that. I thought you'd do much worse. Um, but there you go. <laughs> that was quite a fun game. I like that one. That was, it was fun. a fun game. I enjoyed yeah. that. Well done, guys. Five apiece, which is unusual. Yeah, mm. that's good. It was good. That's oh, all of our points used up this year. Yeah, how... did any... <laughs> yeah. Did anyone? Did anyone else do any good at home? Because that was that was pretty hard. It was kind of a guessing game at times, but it was pretty hard. Okay, so um, we have looked at our portfolios very, very brief, briefly. I suppose we shouldn't really go too much more into it, but I, I'm happy. By the way, I'm happy. By my really poor measurements, which probably doesn't say much, it means I'm just slightly beating the market this year. But um, yeah, only slightly. It's like half a percent or something silly at the moment. But, uh, I take it everyone else is uh, happy. Steve D, you must have you must be well up based on last year's results as well. Oh, I'm not, I'm, not particularly I'm, on this. Yeah, I am winning on a three year. Um, I'm definitely not yeah. winning this year. I'm, I'm quite far. I'm quite far away. <laughs> Well, that's that's to be expected, isn't it? Let's we'll just start calling you Kathy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm happy to give you a rundown. I've written, I've written uh, an almost uh, Lord of the Rings epic piece about uh, my year. Um, I, I had a look back. So basically, what I do is I, I started off this year trying to get my head around tracking things more accurately. So every week, I would write down the figure, and I would work out where the S and P would have been if I just dumped it in that. And then in the middle of the year, I swapped it to tracking VWRL because I thought if I'm tracking against VWRL that makes more sense to me because that's what I would buy if I wasn't buying, I wouldn't buy an S&P ETF I don't think, I would buy VWRL mm. um, so it makes more sense that I benchmark myself against that it, it stuffed me anyway and for the purposes of this podcast I converted it all back to the S&P because I think that's probably what people have a sort of a better grasp on 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 how it's done but yeah do you want me to give you a rundown i've got you i've got a rundown in front of me if you want it yeah go on sure so yeah um, yes so yes yeah, so just just to sort of clarify some rules um is that i do quite a lot of my deposit in between april and june there's very little left after that point so if the s p runs like it did um sort of from april to now i've got really no chance of beating it because all of my deposit is done in a, in a set part. Um, so the numbers that I'll give you are di diluted based on when I deposited as well. So I've even worked in all of that. And um, Wow. Yeah, so I, I did convert it to the S&P because the S&P did better and it further humiliates my results. So um, by February, I was <laughs> up 27 percentage points on the market, um, <clears throat> which meant I was way, way, way in front, uh, which is what I was last year as well. I was about 20... 20 percentage points in front at the end of the year um by the time the um isa season had come round, um <clears throat> i'd gone from february to april and i was up only nine percent so i'd had a pretty much a 20 percent negative swing uh which wasn't including dilution um i then obviously added in some money so that diluted my returns even further and by the middle of may i was down minus five percent which was a further 14 percentage points negative swing um, the S&P &S had retreated slightly. Um, most of that was because I put in a hefty deposit. It was still up 5% over that period, so I was basically 10 points behind. By the end of August, I'd made it all back and some, so I was neck and neck with the S&P. We were about plus 11.5% each, uh, but unfortunately for me, October, November and December happened, uh, and I had six hmm. straight red weeks <laughs> while the S&P just carried on, so... Basically, two weeks before Christmas, I was down 1.5% uh, on the year. So it was another 13% negative swing. So three straight corrections almost. Um, but 
just checked it just before I came on, and I'm about six and a half percent up on the year now. Uh, the S and P, including my dilution, finished about twenty four and a half percent up. So, finishing way way short of where it is, um, but I think you could probably see why. No, and and so just to clarify, you are you are our more growthy risk taker of the trio, yeah. right? Um, uh, you said earlier that Teladoc was one of your your probably worst performing and you have a couple in that in that sort of area don't you but you do still have you you have your core stra- uh, your core satellite strategy don't you as well where you've got a lot of blue chips and and yeah. a lot of so 65% of my players. 65% of my portfolio is in um <coughs> more value type companies uh, or at least companies with more predictable cash flows and the rest of my portfolio is just in like absolutely crazy like ridiculous stupid stuff that either does really really well or or really really badly but this is the thing about um volatility when people say um you know you don't really know how you feel about volatility until you experience it well this year has definitely been an experience (laughs) it's been very interesting seeing you know in the six weeks the six weeks that i was negative straight negative from november to december I had just the best part of 10k wiped off my portfolio in six weeks, so it's quite a lot to lose, you know, when you're not, you know, you're not in the casino. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. But I, I, I'm still confident. Long term, you're the one that's going to beat us all. I think in in this one. So it's, uh, I think it's, it is just one of them years, isn't it? And of course, you have. I, I said it to the other day. You've got a lot in pet insurance and luxury goods and things like that and i want you to on trading 212 create the bark innovation etf i, I really want you to do that because <laughs> like loads of his stocks are in like was it trupanion and bark box and stuff like that i was like why why is he not created the bark innovation etf he should be have that on trading 212 and, and get everybody investing in it just, just trying title. to think of a kathy wood dog pun but it's not coming <laughs> <laughs> all, all I had was Collywood. <laughs> <laughs> you could do different. Uh, no, we're going to carry on. <laughs> um, so let's let's go on to our predictions because this is the because well, we're we're so far into the podcast already and you, this how, is going to take forever. How did Steve? How, how did you finish up? Just out of interest, before we just shuffle on. So, like you, I did a spreadsheet earlier that you sent me, actually, with some money waiting for the calendar year. Uh, And I added up my returns, and I was very pleased with what I saw, because based on my kind of memory of what the S&P had done over the year, I thought I'd fractionally outperformed it. And then I went from being very pleased to thinking, well, actually, I think I've beaten this by about half a percent or so. And when I think about the time that I spent thinking about stocks and working out prices and values, and then I've managed basically half a percent over what I could have got by just dumping money in dumb uh, to the S&P. I thought that's pricing my time extremely low. Mm. Uh, For a 1% return, I've put in an awful lot of energy into this. I feel very much like a busy fool. Then I went back and checked what the S&P had actually done, uh, and I realized I've actually underperformed it as well by about half a percent. Uh, so uh, I feel like even more a busy fool. But my thought is that actually beating and missing wasn't really kind of the be-all and end-all here for me. I wouldn't have been much more pleased if I'd slightly beaten as opposed to slightly missing. I feel like I've learned quite a lot this year. I guess we'll see whether that's true over the course of time. But I I counted myself here looking at the SBY chart. That was showing up 29.35% for the year when I looked, and I'm up 28 point something. So I'm about half a percent off um maybe call that the cost of the lessons that i've learned this particular year uh and we'll see how that goes in the future i guess but the thought did occur to me that i put a lot of energy in for a small beat if that's what i've got don't forget fees don't forget fees if you're putting it into something like a free Mm. trade platform um you're uh uh maybe one point one was it 1.74 on fx so you might be down a bit there actually thinking about Uh. it but but um so maybe yeah. i've kind of strictly outdone it but uh <coughs> that feels like that feels like i haven't gained much by endless amounts of thinking hopefully it becomes more naturally the amount of thinking goes down and that sort of thing Coinbase. but like we say because we're we're new to it and we've had this discussion before haven't we that we enjoy it it's a hobby it's a it's a bit of a it's it's a learning we we enjoy learning about these things uh we enjoy 
the chase of it all and and when you say if, if you were a business if you if you were a business if you were a fund right now i'd be going and uh, no we'll we'll go somewhere else but you're not you're having fun doing it and and uh i wouldn't be paying let's 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 say that i wouldn't be paying kathy wood 0.45 percent to with her return this year 0.75 yeah 0.75 so there you go um but yeah it's uh it's uh, another one but then again so for using everything you've learned this year what are you predicting for next year what are your predictions so I suppose the the first thing we should have learned this year is don't predict anything. But uh, after that, what are what are your predictions? What, uh, who's going to start? Uh, I'll lead us off. Um, I, you are dead right, by the way, in thinking that, look, the predictions we have for next year, especially in my case, I am really not confident in these at all. We always say that our stuff isn't investment advice. You should not absolutely buy or sell anything on the basis of anything that we say here. Uh, and you shouldn't think that we're any kinds of authorities. That is doubly, triply true on the stuff I'm attempting to predict here because as much as I think occasionally I know what I'm doing investing, this time I absolutely do not. But uh, here's prediction number one because it's all good fun. Um, I was listening to a few kind of prediction shows and sort of struggling to work out what some of their predictions mean. So I didn't want to make a prediction of the form, this will do well or this will do badly, because it's kind of hard to judge what well and badly mean in some cases. So here's a nice concrete thing for you. S&P 500 returns next year will be above 11%. Um, here's why that's an interesting prediction for you. Uh, the average is 10.72, so I'm calling for a, the 30-year average, that is. So I'm calling an above-average year. Uh, Sven launched a video recently saying the Schiller PE, so the 10 years earnings adjusted price earnings, is at 39 on the S&P. The last time it was that high was just around 2000. Uh, we all know what happened after that. It struggles to go from these things. I think this time things aren't quite the same as they were. Don't you dare same, say same that. Don't time you dare say that. <laughs> this time it's different. That's what you're saying. <laughs> well, here is one thing that is catching my attention for the moment. Um, the thing that I think is going to pull the market uh, and create drag on the market is a rise in interest rates. Interest rates in 2000 were around 6.5%. Um, the Fed says they're going to raise them to 0.9 by the end of this year. I don't think that's going to create anything like the same amount of drag. Uh, and I think that the hardest hit companies by a raise in interest rates aren't in the S&P anyway, because to be in the S&P, you need to have been profitable last quarter plus the cumulative of your last four quarters. Uh, so I think that most S&P companies will, to some extent, escape the worst of this, continue to do reasonably well. And it's connected to a, a, a thesis I have a bit further down the, the line for my uh, one of my other predictions. But that's why I'm going for returns above average. Interest rates are going to stay low uh, and that's not going to create enough drag to slow the market down. For what it's worth, I had a very similar uh, thesis i didn't put 11 percent on it i definitely haven't quite fit that i put i was much lower i was like at eight i was thinking more like seven or eight but i do th i did think at least the start of the year definitely the first three quarters the s p 500 is going to uh, heavily outperform again um maybe a little correction later in the year based on what will need to be released after that so the fed has said it's going to make three quarters worth of uh, increases in interest rates but then it's going to have to do another one and it's going to create a lot of uncertainty as to where the next phase of interest rates are going to go and like you i felt the same thing uh, interest rates in 2000 were much higher there was a lot more of um there was a better uh risk-free rate back then so everyone could dive out as quickly as possible right now right now no one's got anywhere to dive to if you're diving out of the market you're going to cash and that's it there's nothing there's nothing to save you there so uh, i did i thought something very similar but probably very different to you or slightly different to you i think a lot of people agree we're in a bubble right now and that means we're not in a bubble that means we're inherently not in a bubble because too many people still agree on it uh, so we need to get to a point where people just even even the great minds just agree that oh maybe it has changed now maybe there is a new paradigm or something like that enough people need to start agreeing that and that's when the rug gets pulled out from underneath us i think there's still too many people fighting it i think there's too still too many bubble clerics out there that are 
suggesting we're in a bubble, including me, and that means it's not going to pop. So I think the next year, and maybe the next two or even three years, we're going to see quite an extension in that Cape ratio, and it's going to keep going. I, I really do think for the next two or three years, we're going to keep going. Okay, so my macro bet was um, was kind of sort of following on the same as um, from from what you guys are saying, but I actually think that inflation will be transitory, and I think we'll probably see the end of it by the end of twenty twenty two. So I was looking at the vast majority of price increases come from shipping issues and from raw material prices, and I was looking at the Baltic Freight Dry Index, uh, which is down um, about sixty percent um, this year. So it was at near 6,000, it's now uh, about 2,200. So that is um, just a, a quick indication of how raw materials shipping prices have come down. Uh, but also you've seen US lumber prices come down, oil prices come down, and iron prices come down, which is hurting companies like Rio Tinto. Um, so commodity prices are coming down, shipping is coming down, therefore prices should theoretically stabilize. Um, and with that, I think by 2022, inflation will be over. I'm so glad you brought up shipping and raw materials because you've caught me today. I had an hour's I had an hour's ride, and on the Quarter app. So Quarter app for anybody who doesn't know is um, a little app you can get now. Uh, this is uh, if I had a, if I had an ad read now, it'd be great. But uh, it's a little app that you that you get, and you can listen to anybody's. Um, uh, what are they called? <laughs> what am I, what, what's the word I'm looking the for? Earnings um, yeah, earnings calls. And today I was listening to Lenar Corp's earnings call. Uh, I skipped ahead to the Q&A because it makes it very easy to skip ahead to the Q&A. And those guys were so quietly and conservatively confident that next year is going to be amazing for them that they just, you, you get the feeling that their guidance has come out and it's actually very conservative. It's like, I think it's like a 4%, um, it's, it's only a single digit rise they're putting in. But I tell you what, on the earnings call, they're going, yeah, but we do think that supply chains are going to normalize. We do think that lumber, lumber prices are going to come back down and we are just being very conservative and behind those voices it is like oh my god we have got such a good business ready to go next year we you just 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 listen to what we're saying and not what we're it's going to be the same thing and, in the industry the industry will never yeah. bring prices down as fast as they'll put them up so um yeah. that's one of the things you can, then nobody wants to come out and say oh supply chains are all sorted and the prices mm. are going down because then people say why are you still charging 600 pound a cube for timber when you're buying it at 200 yeah so the idea is, is that uh, you, you oh, we'll just see how it goes and we'll be very conservative, but we're going to really, really would... rinse you for everything yeah, you're worth. they were, uh, like, uh, um, after listening to that, I put a bit more into, into Lenar, only a little bit, but, wow, yeah, they were so confident that next year is going to be a boom in the housing market, especially for uh, new builds in their area. I don't know what it's going to be like in the UK because I don't quite understand it. I think it's a very different market in the UK. I think there's a lot less land to fight over here. Um, but, um, yeah, it's. It, I, I'm glad you said that because that was a big story for me today. Yeah, it's also something I had on my prediction list, actually. I didn't have the S&P written as my kind of macro one. I had that as more of a... Uh, an outperforming or underperforming thing, and I had S&P to outperform its 30-year average. But I also had as my macro uh, thing, US, by which I meant consumer price index, inflation below 3% uh, for 2022. I was thinking similar lines to Steve, but not so much at the level of kind of raw materials. I was thinking shipping constraints as well, but what I was thinking was... Uh, one thing I was listening to for predictions for next year was the Morgan Stanley Thoughts on the Market uh, podcast, where they ask the interesting question of what's 90% of a thousand cars? Uh, and the answer is no cars, because if you have a thousand cars that are all 90% complete, you don't actually have any cars you can sell here. If they're all missing the same bit because they're all waiting on the same container. Uh, you go from having nothing, that ship comes in, all of a sudden you now have a thousand cars that are ready. You might well see supply shocks, especially early on as this kind of stuff unwinds in 2022. So what you'll find is that what we've been seeing is partly supply-sided inflation, basically just a, a lack of products that are available to be bought, all of a sudden that kind of unwinds itself because if it's the case that everything's missing the same thing, whether that's houses missing certain parts or cars missing certain parts, as you can tell, a qualified engineer, obviously, 
but bits and stuff. Um, all of those get finished together. Suddenly, there becomes a lot of stuff on the market that drives prices downwards uh, and creates kind of or creates kind of deflationary pressure over and above the sort of things that we're expecting from kind of automation and everything else. So, yeah, I had US CPI inflation below three percent for the next year largely on the basis of supply shocks. Mm, good. Uh, you talked a lot about cars on that one, so I'll get to one of mine. Um, what have we got here? We've got, uh, see, I've got these written down. Supply chain return, there you go. Won't be value year. Bond yields do not rise. We've, I'm glad we've thought of the same things on this one. In my notes, I've got this here. Um, I've got a bit on Bitcoin in a second, but I've actually got um, bull market continues until winter. And then it collapses, leaving EV stocks in half. And I don't actually agree with my own sentiment there. I actually think that EV stocks will, in the next year, some of them will double. I think some of them will double. And Tesla will continue on till at least 1,600 if it doesn't split again. So I think next year is going to be a massive year for Tesla. Reasons why? I think, and this this will inflate the entire EV market. I think Tesla next year is going to be, uh, again, a rising tide that lifts all ships. So if Tesla continues on its way up, all the little shitty EV stocks are going to go up as well, including you know lithium, blah blah blah, everything you know everything that's attached to it. And this is because in China right now. I read an article that said Tesla is churning out a Model 3, or it might have been a Model Y, every 48 seconds. So the Chinese Gigafactory is churning out a, a Model Model 3 every every 48 seconds. Tesla next year has a lot of catalysts. I think it's got two factories opening, probably early in the year, in Berlin, in Texas, and I think there's another one somewhere as well, which I've totally forgotten about. And it's extending the Shanghai factory as well. It's FSD is going to make big moves. I think there's going to be a massive storyline here uh, that's going to take over that EV market and it's going to push a lot more. So I think next year is going to be a really good year for the stock price of EVs, but I think it's just going to push it further and further into those overvalued territories. And I think it's going to be very dangerous for investors. That's interesting. I'm going to die on that sword, aren't I? It's very specific, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, I thought I thought if we're going to do this, we've got, I'm going to have to be very specific and uh, and and really make a call that anyone could shout at me for any year. So I've got one that's uh, probably down very similar lines to you, Paul, because of the stocks involved. Um, I've said that uh, I believe that ARK will do well in 2022. And, and not necessarily uh, that I think that she'll do 40%. Um, I think that's kind of strange, strangely high. Uh, I noticed in the in the blog, there's now a 30 in front of the 40. So it says 30 to 40. Um, uh, but um, They've downgraded. But I, I think, um, I do think ARC will do very well next year. I think their stocks have taken a horrendous beating. And I think there's, um, amongst the crap that's in there, there's still an awful lot of quality. And... Um, I think that eventually the quality has to stop selling off and um, the results will shine through. So I don't think ARC will do 40%, but I think it will have a pretty positive year. Yeah, very good. Uh, and I suppose on there, attached to ARC, um, I've got written down, Bitcoin blow-off top will occur in mid-January. So I think Bitcoin, You can. You can this is a quick one you can uh, get me on because this is going to go either either uh north or south on this one bitcoin is either going to have a big shoot up of maybe a hundred percent in mid-january or it's going to completely collapse so there you go I, my bet is on uh up upward a hundred percent in uh mid-january it might just do nothing though really <laughs> I, I mean, I would like it to oh, collapse oh. because I want more dot, <laughs> and that will take the whole market. <laughs> you really away. like dot, don't you? You really like dot. Well, I really like dot, but I need 120 of them to be able to stake them myself. So I, I like them a lot cheaper than they are today. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna buy any NFTs? You're gonna um, get yourself a, a a JPEG of a rabbit fucking a donkey? I don't, I don't know. No, just... I got given an engineer today. Um, from the um the engine coin um but i have no intention of buying nfts for me i, I apologize to anybody <laughs> who sees value in them but at the present i don't see any value in them 
No, I don't see any. I don't see any value in the JPEG form that everyone's no. buying at the moment. I see in NFTs, you must see some value eventually. Absolutely, but, yeah, um, not in present form. Yeah, it's 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 too much right now. It's very stupid and dangerous. So I actually can't wait for that to collapse. I'm just kind of just waiting for it. Uh, just to yeah. see what what happens because it might it'll be a very good observational uh points that uh thing to look at it'll be a very a, a very big learning experience and a good way of seeing in real time a real tulip crash right in front of you mm. um by the way the brisco the brisco nft is coming out next week no it's, <laughs> no it's not <laughs> we could do a playing footsie nft you get free uh, something you get free anything in the magic uh you get free magic yeah you get free internet magic okay have you got any more um uh predictions for the future or are we going to look uh talk about things we're looking forward to oh i've got one steve told me to fight think of a company that was going to get acquired um <laughs> and i thought about some sort of obvious candidates here like uh, so scott galloway has mentioned peloton before um, I think he's meant, and there's always kind of an idea that Pinterest might get acquired because it there was rumours of it towards the end of it. But I thought I would, I thought these were a little bit obvious, and uh, I felt like I was kind of just cashing other people's hard work here. So I'm gonna go for a kind of wild and crazy moonshot for a company that's gonna get acquired. And the reason I consider it wild and crazy is because I have no inkling at all that this is <laughs> anything is on the cards in any way, other than for the reasons I will attempt to tell you, which I have not heard reported anywhere. Uh, so the company's called Blackboard. Uh, ticker symbol is BLKB. And what this company does is it provides cloud-based software for all kinds of nice social good things. So uh, education institutes like US colleges and universities and so on, charities uh, and those kind of things. So in much the same way as Salesforce might manage your uh, CRM, your customers and so on, and uh, the touch points there with them, they will manage your kind of fundraising uh, projects and your donor relations and all that kind of thing. They have a market cap that's basically a rounding error short of $4 billion, uh, which makes them of an acquirable size. Uh, Salesforce, I think, spent about $27 billion on Slack. They're trading at around 20 times free cash flow. They have quite high deferred revenues, which makes them uh, the kind of company, I think, that someone like Roper Technology uh, might like the look of. So they like uh, self-standing, fairly niche um, software companies they have a decent kind of moat around them because I don't think this sector is big enough to really for it to be worth someone like Salesforce trying to kind of muscle them out of it um, Roper spent about five and a third billion on something in 2020 so at four billion you can have a 20% premium for the market cap and still buy Blackboard I think they look like a I don't know how open they would be to being acquired to be honest um, but there you go. Let's try that that's as an acquisition target. I have no sense that this is going to happen in any way at all. <laughs> but that's where I would, as a kind of thing, I'd also thought about picking a UK thing because they're all getting acquired. Yeah. Uh, either Blackboard or Sainsbury's is going to get acquired in 2022. <laughs> Sainsbury's already been acquired, isn't it? Did it not get acquired? Like, oh, is it? I don't know if it fell through, did it? Like it? I, I think it, it merged, might have fallen through, it? yeah. Fell yeah, through. it might have fallen through. Okay. I mean, he's on the ball. He didn't know that, but he's on the ball. So there you go. You, you, I, you can spot him from a mile away. <laughs> I've got um, one that I think will be acquired. And I think if it continues to fall in share price, then I think um, it'll either be acquired by a US small or mid cap or um, some private equity firm will just take it out. And I think it'll be Boohoo or Asos. Um, I think the sort of distribution they've got, the sort of fan base they've got, uh, customer base, obviously, um, they're starting to make waves in uh, into the US and and in other uh, in the EU as well. Um, they're trading at under two billion each. I think some some US mid cap will just take a look at them and say, even for the distribution alone, um, they're far 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 too cheap and. Uh, I would mm. expect if they don't reverse in share price that they'll be uh, acquired um, at some point over the next year. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's a playing footsie favourite now. Is uh, that's what we want to happen? The thing with these predictions on your and your acquisitions, they usually come from people like Scott Galloway, who seems to have an inside track. You know, he has he has Mark Benioff's ear. He has uh, people like that who who have, who have probably nudged him in the right direction and it's very hard for us to go oh yeah that that's that stock's cheap and it's good 
might as well get bought. So we're at a disadvantage here, but I think they're two very, very good ones that I can't believe you come up with. I tried to rack my brain on an acquisition that wasn't Boohoo and Atos, and uh, I couldn't come up with it at all. So, uh, uh, yeah, well done, guys. That's, I had, a, I had an honourable mention of... Because um, Salesforce acquiring um, Tableau and Slack, they've spent about $30 billion on each of them. I was thinking Twilio might fall into an interesting range for Salesforce, and that would lead Twilio to be um, quite a uh, sort of similar range acquisition, even with a 20% premium. So um, mm. there's a lot of synergy between what Twilogy and Salesforce um, could do together. So, But I just don't mm. know if that's a bit big at the moment. Uh, Boohoo's really interesting, though. It's the only company I know that's named after the noise its shareholders make. <laughs> that's my joke. Oi! You nicked my joke. That's plagiarism. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it, oh, it, no. it is actually. It's actually <laughs> one of my favourite... Watch more Paul Briscoe videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually my, my, my only real joke that I never got from anywhere else. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, uh, just because we crossed the hour, very quickly, uh, something that you're looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to April because it's a new tax season and I can put some money in my ISA. That's what I'm looking forward to. Happy New Year. That's my my new year now. I I started it last year. April the 4th is my new year. April 5th is my new year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm looking forward to June, uh, which isn't any major financial market event, but I think it will cause me to start thinking differently about how I think about finances. Uh, anticipated in June, I'm going to become a dad. Oh, uh, yeah, well done. Mm. Good stuff. Um, yeah, due June 23rd. Uh, thank you. I'm starting to think about J-ices and stuff like that at the moment then. Um I don't know, by the way, whether we're having a if we're having a boy or a girl, but I think so. Um, so <laughs> uh, more on that in a few weeks' time, I guess, for me. But uh, that's what I'm looking forward to, and the idea of starting kind of that compounding process really young with, uh, I guess, my own child. I've got some money invested for kind of godsons and stuff. Uh, looks like something that'll be really interesting to think about a bit more. Uh, you're gonna. By the way, this is why. Uh, Aaron in the Briscord, we haven't taken your question about what the Steves um, have plans if the kids things happen. It's because I've been kind of sat on early news on that and not ready to report anything just yet. But there you go. There's my plan. Start learning about J-Ices. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. You're going to start hating your life. Love it. Someone else who could be as miserable as I am. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. You guys have not talked really anything about financial stocks, so I'll do a stock one. Uh, I'm looking to half one, looking forward to half one, or apparently maybe even quarter one. When AT&T is going to merge with Discovery, I think that's a huge catalyst for that for that stock or those two stocks. I'm waiting for the merger and I'm actually very excited about it. I feel like I'm just kind of sitting on it going, okay, yeah, Europe Europe has okayed it now. So, okay, it's going to go through. And I'm kind of going, come on, hurry up because I want this stock to start fucking moving. And um, I'm hoping that when it does go through, the stock goes it goes really well goes on the news twenty three dollars uh... to twenty three dollars twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably will, and a dividend <laughs> cut, which is going to be a right mess. So there's a lot of things that could mess it up totally, but um, I think uh, I, I think it's going to be exciting for them. I think there's, there's going to be a change in share price, and I've noticed on the news every time a, a, this merger gets closer and closer, the stock price has a really good push push upwards uh, on the news so i think when it does go through there's going to be a lot of articles about it. there's going to be a lot of push about it and and uh, it's a catalyst so i'm looking forward to that in the world of stocks uh personal life i've got no idea because i do not know what my life is going to look like in the next three months i really haven't got a clue so i'm just uh i'm just letting jesus take the wheel on that one kind of like uh kathy wood <laughs> <laughs> No, no comments about that whatsoever. No, 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 nothing. All right. Uh, oh, she, well, she doesn't look a thing like Jesus. But... <laughs> you don't think Kathy Wood looks like Jesus? I can, I can see it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> as as usual, in the last 30 seconds of the Have podcast, you ever seen we get Kathy absolutely Wood, Jesus in the same room. <laughs> Do 
what a title for the podcast lovely as usual in the last 30 seconds we get absolutely stupid uh you guys need need to tell us what you're looking forward to in 2022 and if you've got any big um any big uh predictions as well because I, I know a lot of people have got stuff about the metaverse and things like that i did kind of have an idea around a prediction for the metaverse but i think it's still a bit too early i think we're a bit hyped up about them and and uh web3 was another one do you think web3 is just going to die in 2022 it's uh as a, as a term i think web everyone's talking about web3 if you're in the web3 business right now you're earning a lot of money um i'm not sure but that was just another thought that i had off the top of my head that i wanted to get in thank you very much everybody for listening today and uh happy new well not new year happy new calendar year because it's not really the happy new year yet april's the new year so happy new calendar year uh and we'll see you in april for the real new year thank you very much for listening see you next week i'm amazed how many people own stocks I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.